Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Is this working? This sounds like it's working. Awesome. All right. So if you'd like to uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, I'm pretty sure most of the people who are going to hear this will know who Matt Van Kirk is, but go ahead. Oh, so my name is Matt Van Kirk. Uh, this season, 2018, was my rookie season of Formula Drift Pro 1, and I've uh, been doing competitive drifting since, I'm going to say, 2012, I believe. So, yep, 2012 was my first year of Pro-Am, so I've worked my way up throughout the years, did Pro-Am, got my... Pro 2 license through Evergreen Drift up in Seattle, Washington, up in the Northwest. And uh, I uh, got first place in 2000 and, let's see, it was 2015, and then I got second place in 2016, and then I moved up to the Pro 2 ranks, and then got third in the championship, and decided to go all out and do my first year of Pro 1. Nice, so this podcast is over, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That was quick. No, that's that's actually really cool. Uh, no, that'd be pretty cool because you've been on. Uh, obviously, you, you worked your way up through the ranks, and uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't easy. Now that I know that you started prom in 2012 and didn't get licensed till 2015, that speaks for itself right there. Yeah, well, I started off with a pretty basic car. I didn't have any st- steering angle. It was a it was a SR20, but it was, it was built. It had about it dynoed at 386 horsepower so bottom was built it had a gt 2871r the 64ar you know just a typical built sr and uh put down a little shy over 400 on 20 psi and then so I, I the car itself you know i had fortune auto suspension but it was stock steering angle I had some like making racing tie rods and things like that it was nothing too fancy basic cage and a seat and uh so i was going in pro-am against like uh old FD guys like Mike Phillips, Corey Keezer, Rob Primo. So, you know, I was, uh, it was it started like become a big learning curve. You know, I didn't, I don't come from a lot of money or anything. So I've just been, you know, working my way up through the ranks. And, uh, that first year I got the best I did. I got one of the, I think maybe two of the rounds, but one of them might not have been a program round. It could have been like a, one of the other events we, we, uh, are held at Evergreen Drift. But, uh, I got third place on, one of the program rounds, and that was the uh, that's the best I did that season. And then, um, I, then 2013, I uh, halfway through the year, I uh, I got a sponsor, and we uh, met this guy named Ivan, who became a good buddy of mine, who's helped me out. We actually halfway through the year, we built a uh, a twin turboed S13 hatch, oh, and nice. it was a LQ, yeah, it was an LQ4 had two 16g turbos they're very small nobody thought it was gonna work but that thing literally was like a, it was it was pretty much like an na car but it was twin turbo like you hit the throttle it hit full boost and it it, it, it did pretty good it did 650 foot pounds of torque oh, at 3000 rpms and but we had headaches with that car at first so like i was doing pretty good that second pro-am season with my sr car and like it was a hard decision to make but i jumped over to this new car that we built and with pr- pretty much no testing and it was it was a definitely a headache at first. Um, this was the time where we used to do pro am during FD Seattle. Mm-hmm. So like you know how we, they do pro one pro two now. Yeah. Well, back in the day, they actually did some of the rounds. They did pro am with pro one. Oh, so damn. yeah, during our debut was the pro one round doing pro am in this car. And it actually, I was following Cameron Moore at the time. We did pro am together, and uh, I just remember like smelling raw fuel at the starting line before we were about to go, and I just figured it was his car because my car was. It was idling good. I revved it up. It sounded fine. And they, they sent us, so I just went followed Cameron. 
halfway through the track, I transition to the right, and all of a sudden, I just see flames coming inside the dash, like oh, through damn. the firewall. The whole entire hood was engulfed, and I, I got out. I remember grabbing my fire extinguisher, running to the front of the car, and then uh, we... The, the uh, guy working the corner staff came out with his fire extinguisher. We propped up the hood, and and uh, I I pulled my fire extinguisher. It it didn't even work. It was a dud. His his big one that they carry in the, each corner of the track, mm-hmm. his didn't work. And then I was at that point, I just like, I just walked away and just sat and watched the car just kind of start to melt. And then they had the EMS guys come out, and it took them a while, but they got the fire out. Did you die and, a little uh, bit on the inside? Dude, yeah, a little bit. It was a lot of hard work, you know. We've been imagine, working man. every day, all night, and actually, we we built this car in a storage unit. Oh, it was shit. a funny story, yeah, because we didn't have we didn't have a shop or anything, and um, so we we rented out like a storage unit, it was public storage in Everett, Washington. But uh, I remember one time right before FD that that round it was like two days prior. We uh, we were up to like two in the morning, and somebody because you're not supposed to be there after nine. Somebody called the cops, and and like this city's not very. Is it, there's a lot of like it's not the nicest city you know there's a lot of crime and like stuff like that so like somebody called the cops on us probably like six seven cop cars showed up blocking in the garage door to the storage They're unit and it was like, a very hey, big storage tweakers unit stealing shit over oh here. yeah dude they thought it was a chop we were running like a chop shop i'm so, like this car was like in pieces they're like they, they ran the vins we tried telling them you know what we're doing what it is and everything was good after that but but yeah we built that car in a store in a storage unit and uh it's came, it came a long way. It got me, you know, 2015, 2016, first and second place. And uh, it was a long, it took a lot of work and a lot of effort. But, yeah, after that year when the car burnt down, we got it back on the track that day. But then the head gaskets blew and a bunch of other stuff. And, like, the next season, you know, I didn't have any money at the time. And, like, this, this car that we just put a bunch of money into kind of just, like, was half burnt. The mm-hmm. harnesses was crisp. The whole engine bay was just fried. And, like, uh, I ended up in my... And then I ended up uh, putting a KA because I, I had I got rid of the SR at the time because it blew up on me, mm. and went after we switched we switched it over. So I put a K in my old car, and for like a, the whole entire year, I went with my buddy Cole to uh, Evergreen Drift, all the open drifts. So like mm-hmm. every two weeks there was an open drift, and uh, it was a single cam KA. And I remember just that, that was probably like one of the best years drifting of I've, I've ever had. We literally went to every event. It was you know it was fun, no stress, and uh, we missed. We went to every event but one, and that car was awesome. You know, especially in the rain, they were just tandeming. Like that, I feel like that car was pretty much indestructible. Like at the point, like I'd let my friends drive it. They borrow it. They smash it. I remember a couple of the rounds. You know, we just took turns every yeah. session. Out, we just swapped seats. And I remember him like getting hit. He hit the walls head on, and like we just zip tied the radiator back. Nothing was broken. That car would just keep going. And I ran a whole season with the radiator tied. Yeah, dude, the core support. Tied. It worked great. By, by the end of the year, that core support was just hanging on by zip ties. and But it was it was literally probably the most fun I ever had. And it was a cheap little beater car with a single cam KA. It would be like a wire hanger by the time you were done with it. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> after after that season, that winter, you know, I'm like, I, I saved up some money. I was ready. So I had my buddy Nick help me out with, like, the body work on that V8 car. We mm. uh, put a brand new B&B blister kit on it. Uh we he actually he, he's pretty artistic he's a tattoo artist now but uh he airbrushed the entire car oh and, damn yeah it, it looked, actually looks really good and then on the hood we actually did like these flames because you know they're kind of like a history of the car there and uh i had my buddy Luis do all the fab work we chopped off the front end and tubed it 
out of my garage. It'd be like three in the morning. My neighbors, my neighbors hate me. Ever since I was like turned 16, I've always been rich and outside to early in the morning. I live in a neighborhood, so it's just like uh, three in the morning. We're over there welding, grinding, and stuff like that. But they've been pretty supportive. You know, we never really had cops called on us or anything like that. But yeah, that winter we just hustled. We rebuilt this entire car. Um, we did the head gaskets, everything else. It was still everything was stock pretty much in the in that engine, and uh, went out and with all that support and all my friends and family, you know, we we did a great season and we won. I think we podiumed every single event and uh, most of the events we either got first or second, and we oh, were nice. about, yeah, it was either me or Cameron Moore usually for first and second, and uh, yeah, that that was the first year that we started to, to get a bunch of podiums and start doing good, and then. Next year, um, we didn't do the Pro 2 jump because I don't think that car would have ever been competitive in Pro 2. But uh, and we were ready. a shit ton more money. I'm oh, sure. yeah. And the budget and expenses and everything else to go along with that, we definitely weren't ready. So we did another season of Pro-Am and, and uh, got second. Travis, that's the year Travis Reeder got first. Mm, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the year he came in. And, uh, and then, yeah, then we jumped up and, did, and went out to Pro 2. For so, the new build and new car. Nice. So how did you uh, how did you end up like finding out about drifting? What what drew you to it? So I was a uh, so the funny thing I was in a drifting since I was about I'm gonna say 15. How old are you now? Maybe 15. I'm 27 now. Okay. But uh, I didn't start. I didn't get my first 240 till I was 19, because you know it was expensive. There's still drift tax and everything else. And uh, so when I was uh, 15, my buddy I had a good friend named Cody. Cody Wood. Uh, we went to school together. We rode BMX together, and uh, his brother—he's a—he's quite a bit older than him. Well, he—he he was into cars, and he got us into drifting. You know, he'd come home and with like those uh, JDM option videos, drifting Goku. We'd watch that stuff, and we'd be playing drifting games all the time together. I remember when we first ordered the—we uh, we bought Live for Speed on the computer. That kind of pretty much the set of course in the time. Uh, we got—he ordered a Logitech G25, and I was a. Uh, I was at school that time. I think he, he might have dropped out, but I was going, I was like, a, like maybe my senior year or junior year of, of high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, he ordered a Logic to, uh, G25. I remember in first period, he, he hit me up and was like, hey, dude, it showed up. And I remember just telling the teacher, you know, I'm going to the bathroom. I got in my car. <laughs> I went over there, ditched, ditched school that day, and just went over there and set up the simulator and started playing it all day. And uh, and that got, that got me pretty hooked, too, because uh, I ended up, my first job was I was working at Little Caesars. And uh, I saved, yeah, right. We'll <laughs> see. So I saved up uh, enough money to got myself a simulator, <clears throat> and I was like, I was like 15 at the time, you know. I got, I got, so I got this racing simulator that I put. If, if I go back on that game now, him and me, I think he had like 40,000 like real miles on, on that on that game, and I had like 22,000. So we just we played the crap out of it, Damn. and then uh, and that's on a yeah, racetrack that it records everything. Yeah, it, it keeps the miles, you know, of driving time and so forth. But uh, wow. yeah, dude, and like um. And when I finally got my first, because I got into Hondas, because my friends were in the Hondas, and they're like, it was cheap, and I, I always wanted a 240, you know, but I just kind of like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the money at the time, so I didn't yeah. like, I almost bought one, I'm glad I didn't, because, you know, it was, a, it was a piece of crap, it would have been my only car, and it was like, it was all primered and gutted with an SR20, I thought it was the coolest thing ever at the time, but. I'm sure you and 27 glad, other people. I, yeah, right, so I'm glad I made the smart decision with that one, and, uh, and, uh, so, I was in Honda's for a little bit, and like by the time I got like a decent, okay-paying job, and I had I had that Honda, I, I sold it for like triple the amount I had into it, and then uh, 
I bought my first 240. I, there's this lady down the street. Mm-hmm. She had a she had a red. Uh, it was 93 SE S13 hatch, and uh, I remember just driving by it every day, and it was just sit outside, like it, it never left. So I knocked on her door, and uh, she ended up selling it to me for 800 bucks, and it Sweet. had a uh, and all the only thing wrong with it, she didn't know what was wrong with it. She thought the engine was a toast. It was a bad injector. So I found an injector for like 20 bucks, and so you're rolling for 820 dollars. Yeah, so uh, I. So I got that. Me and my buddy Austin Johnson, we uh, we we got Loring Springs, welded the diff, put a little like cheap racing seat in there, and I I, I started going out and drifting. Um, I met this group of people that would uh, uh, in like Woodinville, Washington. There's like this, there's like a 522 to 405 loop where we would just, it's like an on ramp loop where you you get on the highway, it goes back around, and gets on the other highway, you can just keep doing circles of these on ramps, and the they used to go out every time it rained and uh. And meet up and like with a group of like 20 cars and go out drifting and so I started doing that with them and I feel like after playing that simulator for so long like I actually feel like it was kind of I feel like it, real life was almost more forgiving because I hopped in the seat and I, I pretty much felt like I you know I had it down for the most part basics you know it's a totally different it's a totally learning curve you know you're actually in a car doing it real time speed you know you, you thought about crashing and so forth but like for the most part it was it was pretty similar similar so um. So I feel like that definitely helped a lot. You know, with, uh, I was always always curious about the simulators because I'm not a video game person. So when you uh-huh. said the set, of course, uh, I had to Google it right now. Um, but I've heard about it before. I'm not like too uh, tech savvy when it comes to stuff like that. So I was always curious, like, does that, you know, because I always like when I'm driving, it's like through feel. So if I know how close I'm getting every time I play a video game, I hit every single wall possible. No, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely totally different, and I feel like um, I honestly feel like it helped doing that personally, mm-hmm. like I, because I like I said, I literally got in the car and I was able to pretty much slide any corner. Nice. It was like it was pretty much like um, I feel like the hardest part was getting the uh, the courage and the balls to actually go out and do it in the car, but like when when I did it, I'm like okay, you know, like like it was like weight off the shoulders, you know, I could do that. It's almost you know, it's kind of like the same thing, but like I feel like. Like I said, I feel like that game was less forgiving. Like you had to like actually like really feel, um, like feel the car, and it's kind of hard to say because you know you're on a like, video game doing it, but like the force feedback of the wheel and so forth. But like, like I said, like in real life, I feel like it was kind of more forgiving. Going, I don't know if it was just the way I had that simulator set up or not, but like, I feel like you know, I on that game, my reaction time had to been a lot quicker with a steering wheel than it would in real life, or real life was way more forgiving where I could like wait a second and then still correct and not spin out and so forth but yeah i i personally think that that definitely helped me but do the uh, simulators do like a full rotation on the steering wheel or do they oh yeah turn it, it so no. that so that one back in the day the technology now is a lot better than it was back when i was doing that stuff so now you know that even back then it was a 900 degree rotation steering wheel so oh, it was, okay so it's was, it was pretty good and then even now like you know they have the fanatech setup and a set of course with good graphics and cars and stuff like that people are really like going crazy with that simulator stuff even like the vr it's like uh yeah technology is quite advancing and you know there's more yeah there's more and more people doing simulators than even when i first started and it's becoming quite a big thing but yeah i i think if you have it set up right you know with the settings and the right setup and and the game you know it really comes down to the game with the physics and things like that but with the right setup and game you know i think it could be pretty pretty spot on for helping you know teach your skills and dial stuff in and because, yeah. you know, you can't just go out in your car and 
smash into somebody, push it to the limits, and like, oh, you know, hit the restart button and do it again. Uh, so, if only you could, because <laughs> yeah, I hit a right? wall at Irwindale and totaled my car, so. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, so it's a, that aspect, you know, but I feel like, in, especially in the future, things are going to get more and more re- on the real realism aspect of things, and it's yeah, going to be yeah, interesting to see how people pan from that to, like, real life. Uh, when you first started driving, what was, like, the first track you went to? to go drive at like so without actually, doing it on the freeway I, yeah I, I remember the date it was uh that you can't we can't drift there anymore but it was pacific grand prix it was pgp and uh it was march 11th 2011 it was my very first uh, drift event and uh at the time you know i had that sr so but oh, here let me go back real quick because uh i got to talk about how i got this sr 240 so i had that red 240 i did all that stuff in mm-hmm. while i was working at big five sporting goods at the time and this, and this older guy, he was probably 40-something. Dude, he had a super clean S13 hatch. It was a, it was SR. He had a bunch of money and parts into it. It had cookie taillights. And uh, it was super clean. And, like, I just remember seeing him leave every day because I closed and he closed. But we, we were open an hour later. And uh, one day in the parking lot, it was snowing. And then this guy in his truck just slammed right into the quarter panel of it. Damn. And, yeah. So insurance totaled it out. And he, he always knew I wanted that car. You know, he, I was in the 240s and so forth. And uh, he offered it to me for three grand. And, dude, the quarter pound damage wasn't that bad. And, like, even the taillights were still good and everything. So I ended up selling my KA S13 for 3500 And I bought this this, this this car with actual real coilovers, real suspension parts, and an SR with a bunch of bolt-ons for three grand. And, uh... I mean, I was, I, was, I was so happy and stoked on that. So that's pretty much the car that I I developed and went through, like, you know, the beginning of Pro-Am and, and so forth with that car. But that was a car, you know, I started streeting, and then I hit my first event with that car and uh, back to going to back to PGP. So that was it was that SR car. Um, I went out with my buddies, like Jay-Z and all of our, all of our good friends that we, were, we used to go street drift with. And uh, I remember that was my first time ever getting kind of a contact with, with the drift car. So, like, they had the beginner and advanced classes there. And after, like, a couple laps in the beginner class, they actually moved me to advance. And uh, we had, like, a huge tandem train. And I remember um, somebody spun out and, like, Jay-Z slowed down kind of. And I and I, got, I couldn't slow down in time. And I just, like, barely bumped him. And, uh, you know, that car was super clean. It was, like, first first little dent on the car, you know. And most people would be bummed. But, dude, I was You were so proud of, of it, huh? Dude, I was having the time of my life, you know. I was having so much fun. And, like, I didn't even care. We, we, I got out. We, sh- we, like, high-fived and just kept going. But... So that was my very first event, and then I started doing, you know, those open drifts at PGP, and then as well as Evergreen, and then it was the next season that I decided just to go and build a cage and jump into Pro-Am. Oh, nice. And then, so was that like the first, wait, you said the first day, so your very first day at a track, you were able to link it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I linked I linked the entire track, and it wasn't like Must a... Must be it's nice. A, it's, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, I have a... Like honestly, I, I I pretty much put all that back to that simulator and hmm. doing some street stuff, you know. But I really think you know that that simulator definitely helped me. Uh, That's good to know. For any kids me, uh, who are like trying to, learn to find at least, you know, a gift, get a simulator for Christmas if you can. If you get sucker your parents out of one. Yeah, because honestly, dude, if I just hopped into a car without doing that simulator ever, I wouldn't know where to begin. Like I would be, you know, spinning out the track. I you know I wouldn't know the basics or anything. Like like that, so that definitely helped me advance for sure, and and I feel like uh I probably would have told some cars if I didn't end I up did. doing that. 
So yeah, it's exactly. That's so you how know. it works. And that uh, that's been a lot more co- costly than you know spending some time on a simulator and getting you know the basics down and moving it over to a real car. And then did you ever like go to did you ever go to spectate events before you were? Oh uh, yeah, I, I would I would go to FD. I would go to like some of the pro am rounds. Oh nice. Which I was like fifteen all the way to like nineteen. You know, I was I was I was definitely like you know go oh, watch. I was, I was definitely into it. Oh sweet. So you're like super into it. You, did you oh, always yeah. know that this is what you wanted to do? Um. Or just kind of felt everything kind of fell together and I, it kind of I, I knew that I, I knew I wanted a drift card, you know, and I w- knew I wanted to, you know, do that as like a hobby, but after I started doing it and realized, you know, that that I, I was pretty good at it and it was and how much fun I was having and stuff like that, I kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a very I feel like I'm a very competitive person, so of course like you know, I wanted to advance and compete and yeah, you want to do well. Yeah, going to that kind of next level. Oh, that's that's awesome. Stuff. What's the uh, what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made that you've learned from um, in drifting in general? Biggest mistake, probably. Um, other than owning an S chassis. Yeah, dude, S chassis solid, man. I've, I have no complaints about the S chassis. <laughs> I, I, you know, when I see one on the street, I'm like, huh, an S chassis, nice. When I go to the track, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, can you, any of you bring a different car? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> It, well, it's nice because it's it's cheap. Yeah, and you know? then all you a holes have parts to share. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be nice to get a different chassis, but you know, it's just no, it's cost. Not yeah. where we're at right now. I, 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 yeah, you know, it's pretty pricey, I'm sure, especially to well, build a pro car. Oh yeah, and, and even FD like pit next to Dean Kearney, like he uh he was telling me like when he, if he gets in the accident or anything at FD, like his headlights they're like 500 bucks a piece plus just for one headlight. Jesus, and that's can, something yeah. he has to pay for. For my yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I couldn't I couldn't even imagine doing that. But like, no, I, thank you. Yeah, right. But uh, t- back to like the mistakes. Probably like um, I don't. I I that one season definitely switching cars halfway through the season is a very bad mistake. Or I would say even trying to be. Comp- do a competitive season or go in, into it competitively with a car that's not tested. Like even in Pro 2, so so I, I got that Pro 2 third place championship in 2017. But prior to that, I did my first two Pro 2 events in 2016. So like half at the end of my Pro-Am season, I, I decided, you know, let's go do the last two Pro, Pro 2 events, you know, so we get the hang of it for next season, you know. So we, it's because it's a big learning curve. You know, we didn't want to just jump into a full season. And like, I do we want to talk about ourselves. that. Yeah, so we, uh, so we went into our first Pro 2 season and did those two rounds at the end of the season. And uh, with a brand new car, like I said, you know, it was a brand new car. We we tested it here and there at our home track, you know, for open drifts and stuff like that. And, but were uh, they the same speeds that you were hitting in FD? Uh well my home track is FD Seattle so it's probably one of the fastest tracks in FD but I wasn't oh, I didn't okay. I tested a couple times on the five eights but I was usually just doing like the three eights for testing yeah so it's it is or it's kind of like almost like a Florida bank but um but like we were having issues where like the the belt because we as the same two J you know we're running now the belts were we kept throwing belts so we added like a separate tensioner we tried all these things and we're like oh yeah we you know we got it we went out and tested for a full day it was good we, we ended up going to Texas and. We had power steering issues. We kept uh, blowing alternators. The belt kept flying off. And, like, it was just after spending all that money traveling and stuff like that, you know, like, I couldn't. I'm just glad we did it that season, not the next season. So, Texas, you know, we didn't end up qualifying. I think we qualified 
uh, the only time we had never qualified. So we qualified 17 out of 16 at FD Texas. And then, and then we, between Texas and Phoenix, we, we did some more stuff to the car to try to fix those issues we were having. And then come Phoenix, our first qualify, though, we didn't throw a belt all throughout practice for two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, come qualifying in the warm up box, I'm warming up the tires, and then the belt, we throw a belt. So I missed my first qualifying run. We threw a new belt on, and then I, uh, I qualified with my second qualifying run. So we qualified for our first, you know, pro sanctioned event in Phoenix at the end of that 2016 year. And uh, during our battle with Dan Burkett, we threw a belt on both of our runs. So, so like that was into that pro two season, and and we learned a lot. You know, that whole winter we tested and redesigned the belt system, changed alternators, pulleys. And just test, 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 and then come Pro Two next season, we didn't have any issues at all with the car, and we actually didn't really change anything from that, even to our Pro One season that we just ran a full season on with no issues. And yeah, was was you guys haven't had like a single major issue all year. Oh right? no, I'm so lucky. Yeah, because I I've been I I literally did this full season with like no budget. I don't even have spare I don't even have a spare Weissfab arm, so I'm running Weissfab front and rear. Like I don't have any. I don't have to spare work. anything, dude. So yeah, if if I hit the wall or somebody hits me or something bad or the motor blows, like, oh, I'd have been done for the season. So we had a, and we're running a stock 2J, like the stock head gaskets. I never took the head off that engine ever. And I bought it from Foreign Engines, which is an importer from a, a junkyard. It was a front clip of a, of Aristo, an older Aristo. And oh, like okay. that, and, yeah, that, so, but we're pushing it to its limits. You know, it's stock. Like I've never opened it up. Are you still I in can't. a stock uh, ECU too? Uh, no, I'm running Haltech. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so we're running a Haltech P2000, but uh, sport, and then uh, but yeah, that that engine's been great. So, but when we first built that car, we did do a bottom end build. So our head was stock, and this was uh, during our first year Pro Two. So the bottom end was built, the head was stock, and it was making pretty good power. And like you know, other than the throwing belts and stuff, the engine was reliable. But right before a week before we went to the 2017 Pro Two season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were testing it. It was literally like probably five days before we were about to leave. We were testing it, our final test day, you know, make sure everything's good before the car is gone for the entire year. Cause I just leave it at event to event because it's a lot cost effective that way. Um, during that testing session, uh, we dropped the valve and it just grenaded the engine. All the pistons were damaged, like the head was damaged, and and we had five days before we left. So we called foreign engines up. They had a, a, wrist, a wrist of front clip, the only one they had in stock. And that's the engine we've been running ever since. And it's been two years on that engine, bone stock, you know, with bolt-ons, of course. Then halfway through Pro 2, we realized, um, you know, we weren't making the power we really need to even be competitive in Pro 2. So we got some Brian Crower cams and then valve springs and stuff in it. And and that was right before Seattle. And uh, ever since then, you know, that, that's the same setup we've been running. So it's Pro 1. basically a stock motor with larger cams. Yep. Cams, valve springs, that's it. We and when we did the valve springs and cams, we didn't even take the head off, so right. the head's never been taken off ever since. You don't need to just leave it alone, right? But uh, yeah. but even this season, you know, it was doing pro one with that. It's it. I we definitely there's been some times where we could definitely have used some more power. Where do you add at the wheels as far as power? um, uh, so my my buddy Dom who tunes who's always tuned my cars and and uh, he, get a Dom tune. He uh on his dyno. He's a, he's a really big Subaru guy and does a lot of Subaru stuff, so he has all-wheel drive dyno. But um, so he I forgot what the brand of dyno he has, but with his dyno it reads pretty low, 
according to him, it reads quite low compared to most dinos, That's, like a dino jet or it makes you dino. feel better. Yeah, but it put down 580 wheel on his dino. Okay. Which, which is very very uh, low of horsepower considering the rest of the field in Pro One. Isn't like but, the next car up like what 800 horsepower at the wheel? Um, I maybe 750, probably in the sevens. I'm guessing is next up. Yeah. I know. I think Paul. I think Justin Pollock told me he was around 750 or 800. Which is probably one of the lowest guys out there, I think, as far as horsepower goes. But uh, but I think I think if I did like a dyno jet or something, I might be a little closer to 700. But yeah, but on his dyno, it did, it did 580 wheel, which is uh, you know, that's that's pretty great. Yeah, but um, um but but the biggest issue we had this year was kind of, as far as like drivability was uh, our car makes a lot of we have a lot of grip like we jumped up from a we didn't change power from pro 2 and even pro 2 you know it was still a really grippy car but we we went from 255 to 275s and didn't change power or, or suspension or anything and like all year like i was just i was i feel like i was struggling just to even keep the car sideways at some of the tracks did you have like a drastic change in tire pressure from each tire from going from the 255 to the 275 uh no so like with the 123s we found out like the sweet spot is is like it's 25 psi so pretty much we would start off at 25 psi like anything under like 22 i feel like it got like kind of like it lose its its grip but uh but a lot of the times we were running 30 psi almost all the way up to like 30 40 psi at one point at, in seattle but uh even then dude i i had troubles like in seattle's my hometown track you know i've always done good i actually i got first place there in pro 2 and the, the worst the worst round of this season, I say was Seattle, which should have been, you know, one of the best rounds. It's where I've driven my whole life. And dude, yeah. I could not, the car just would not drift the bank. Like it, I just couldn't keep it sideways. Like I'd be floored. And, and honestly, like in pro two with the same setup, with a smaller tire, I was doing fourth gear. Like, uh, and everybody was pretty much doing their highest gear. And I have a, I don't have like a long, uh, I don't have a quick change or anything. I'm still in stock, uh, 240 diff. So, um, it works. Yeah, so so it's not very so it's a pretty short gear ratio, and then uh, I like fourth is was impossible for me. So I actually was doing the huge bank in third, and uh, it wasn't even hitting limiter. Like it was just it was it was almost it was about to, but I just I didn't have like the wheels the wheels uh, spin, and it was just dude it was it was hard. Like it was hard to drive that car that track, which was which was a bummer because you know that was my hometown track where all my friends, family, and everybody are. But th- th- we could have definitely used some power at different tracks, or at least like I would say a winner's quick change would have helped us. In oh, a lot of scenarios, yeah, because expecting things from you, yeah. So, so we could change at least change the gear ratios, you know, and that I feel like that would compensate for having low horsepower. Yeah. Uh, what do you if what is your stock diff ratio right now on your final drive? Um, it's a stock two forty. So I think it was a four, what four eleven, I believe. I don't even have that. It must be nice. 10. Yeah. So, and then I got a I got a. Uh, from RTS, I got the GeForce GSR dog box. Those are nice. I I really wish I could afford one, uh, but I have something just like it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's been it's really nice because we haven't had any <clears throat> transmission issues ever since I put we put that you know the car was built and it's been it's been really great and reliable. You know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't change it if as as long as it's working. Yeah, and then with the, and we're also using like a. The Tilton and like a NASCAR uh, 30 spine clutch. So I've been buying them off eBay for like 40, 50 bucks. The triple disc. What? From a, because NASCAR teams, they use the same clutch as we're running. And uh, 
So so they they do what one race and they swap their clutch out. So yeah. like this clutch has like ninety per you buy it, it has like ninety percent tread or higher, and it's literally I'm paying like fifty bucks for this clutch. Yeah, you, lasts, know you just gave the secret away to season. everyone. I'll delete it. <laughs> yeah, out. dude, that's the way to do it, man. There's plenty of them all you there know, to buy. That's actually so. where I got my scatter shield, my which is basically my um for those who don't know, the scatter shield for it, it's damn it, I can't think of the damn word right now. It's gonna drive me nuts. From the trans bell housing. So I have a scatter shield uh bell housing. So basically if my clutch ever blows up, it doesn't, you know, cut my foot off. Oh, dude! So I, I got an old NASCAR thing. one. Uh huh. Oh, that's Na- awesome. Yeah, and it was a hundred bucks to my door. Yeah, dude, because those teams, you know, they they can't. They had those are million million dollar budget teams, and there there's so much money in NASCAR and stuff that they can't afford to like go out for a stupid easy, you know, cheap clutch to them. Yeah. So they just they redo everything every race. So it's like you find all deals on that stuff online. But back to like the scatter thing, we're actually running a blanket around our transmission for like that same reason. Because yeah. we have like a prototype flywheel that we did that we, you know, we didn't yeah, know you how it was going to turn out. Yeah, you don't want to so, lose your damn foot. Yeah, dude, Kevin, FD, Kevin was like, what is this? Is this like a blanket, a heat blanket for your transmission? He's like, what? I've never seen this. He's like, what is this? And it's I just explained like it one. to him. He's like, huh. Yeah, yeah. And I and I have that same thing with that bell housing. And it's like, I don't even know who makes it. I, I've seen it a couple times, but I can't remember uh, who made it. But it was a used one and it worked. Bolt my transmission, which is a four speed as well. It's a Muncie four-speed bolted right up. Nice. It bolts up just like a uh, a dog box, the GSI Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that the one the shifter's on the side or the top? No, I got the one with the shifter on the side, but I think depending on which shifter you buy, from my understanding, like you could buy the setup and put it on the top where it relocates everything. Oh, okay. But with the linkage still being on the side, depending on how big your, tran- your trans tunnel is, it kind of becomes a pain in the ass. But damn, I've seen a lot of guys use like the hex racing, like T, T10s, and like like the like super T10s from Board yeah, Warner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know the guy uh, Micah Diaz. He's he drives Prime here in uh, SoCal. Uh, his car originally had a super T10 in it until he blew two of them within like a month span, and then he finally uh, picked up a dog box. But damn, I didn't know that they were just giving away clutches like that. Yeah, but those clutches actually aren't very expensive to begin with. But like, they're like what, probably three, four hundred bucks, I think. But uh, still. it depends on which one you get. Like, you know. Yeah, that's true. You're looking at like triple disc. Well, I'm talking stuff. about like the disc. You know, I'm just buying the disc. You can't buy the whole clutch kit for that that cheap. But once you get the clutch, once you get the whole clutch set up together, you know, you just replace the disc and like you don't need the intermediate. Plates are usually pretty good. And, and how yeah. many times have you changed those discs since you've been buying them for fifty bucks? Dude, I've only I've done a, a new disc, a new clutch disc pretty much uh once a year yeah and Which I, I should i should probably be doing it or checking it you know probably halfway to the season but i've you, been you know it's lasted all year that's a good question at your power level how much car prep are you doing are you pulling all that stuff apart in between rounds to check it or are you just like hey it was good leave it alone um yeah we pretty much just left it alone we would go through all the bolts you know because yeah you don't do another bolt check well sometimes with our drive or dry shaft shop uh axles those um those bolts, you know, would loosen up and stuff like that. But, like, between, like, each day we would just not bolt check it all and stuff like that. But pretty much we didn't we didn't really take a transmission out. We didn't really have to do anything, you know. We we would expect the uh, stub shafts here and there because uh, I, I, I was running those. There was Billet Z Depot stub shafts, which were um, 
So they go to a stock dip, then they go to the drive shaft shop axles and they're a billet. And uh, after like three years of use on those, we broke one and I looked at the other one and it started to twist. So now we have back, we're, we're running stock, uh, the stock sub shafts back in it with uh, adapters from drive shaft shop. But we would check those too because, you know, those would start to twist on us. And because, uh, but what sucks is like when I'm driving, I feel like I'm a, I'm kind of babying it so I don't put like a huge load on it because if I like just rev it up and drop the clutch, you know, I'm I'm breaking stub shafts, axles. So I kind of like, especially when I take off on the line, I kind of like slip the clutch a little bit, get the car rolling, and then I then I go, or like it. But uh, even like during practice too, I feel like I'm not really like clutch kicking or going hard. But like come competition, you know, I'm I'm kind of my mindset's just like you know I'm going all out no matter so you're what. Not even but, think, you're not even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, but till then you know driving. I'm always kind of I feel like I'm trying to like trying to baby the car to you know so it doesn't break because we don't really have spare parts or could afford it keep changing yeah. and breaking and stuff. then speaking on that like what is your mindset when you qualify is that is it some, are you the type of person that kind of like gets nervous or you just don't oh, even, dude, it doesn't so even phase you dude, oh, okay. I, I, i've gotten nervous yeah every all from pro-am man I, I i get nervous big time pro one pro one pro two pro-am it's all the same dude I, I get super nervous and like and a lot of times too like uh i probably don't do it now but i even i used to like i used to go to even for like uh open drifts and stuff like when i'm gonna hit the big bank at seattle like i get nervous for it and like once i do it i'm like okay i don't know why i was like you know making it hyping myself up so bad and freaking myself out but uh yeah yeah i i def i definitely get nervous no no lie about that that's for sure you know it just i don't i get nervous for about two seconds if i'm like there's the car before me is going up i get nervous and i do my burnout and it goes away yeah, like some people like don't get nervous at all. I'm like, man, that must be nice. I don't know how you don't get nervous. And I blame but, uh, one person. I was it was my first event, and then I don't know if you know it. Beam Team Brian, he came up to me. He's like, I was getting in line to go uh, qualify. He's like, Hey, are you nervous? I was like, uh, I wasn't until you said anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he ruined it for me. But like, um, and like I feel like with sometimes I I, I get so nervous that like. I it messes up my run too. Like uh, for example, this year at um, it was in Orlando. Uh, Taguchi was 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 before me in qualifying, mm-hmm. and like I watched how he initiated. Like I was kind of doing like a little Manji Fain initiation into the bank, and then but he was he went like right up on the wall and just like kind of just kicked it out, and I was like, oh dude, look at that! That set him up so perfectly for that wall and so so i tried doing that i don't know why i, I should have just been doing what i've been doing and you weren't doing that all day were you no no never tried it once and i was like oh <laughs> you did I, I'll, I'll just do that it worked out great so I, I i go ahead and do that and then once i i'm up on the like straight line approach i clutch kick initiate and then do the whole once i did that the whole my whole front end just like understeered and like washed out and i I came inches from the wall. Like I literally, like I had an in-car video posted. I think I actually have it on Instagram. I literally like turned my wheel, probably like a full rotation and a half, because my whole front end was just washing into the bank. And then yeah. like I, and then like straightened out. I was like right against the wall, and I re-kicked it back out. And I was like, yeah, dude, I took the cry. That would have been like really bad. And then my next pass, my next qualifying run, I just went out there, did you know what I've been doing the entire time, and. I got like a night. I got like a ninety-one or a ninety, and I was just like, "What? Well, I don't know why." I, you know, my mind is just like, it's like a learning experience. You know, now I know never to do that again, and just go out there and do what I've been doing. You know, don't overthink it. And yeah, you're you know, like, "Hey, uh, I've been doing this all, this all day, but it looked good the way he did it, so I'm gonna try that during qualifying." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like even even during like a uh, New Jersey when I get to get when gonna get to Odie, 
like I was so worried about how fast he was that I tried to outrun him in my lead run. All I had to do was put a, a run down, mm-hmm. and like, and like I, I over I I over pushed pushed the car, and you know I, I washed up on the bank a little bit, and uh, made a made a correction and error, and like, you know, and that was just because my mindset, dude. If I just drove and didn't think, like you know, there wasn't thinking about so bad about running away from him, but just driving the car like how I should be. That would have never happened. So, it was, so things like that, you know, that was a learning experience for all of us this season. And so, so maybe back to that question I had asked you earlier: what's the biggest, big, the biggest mistake you've learned from? Well, maybe, yeah. Well, I guess maybe that, it's psyching your I own self out. It. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah, much it. Yeah, definitely. Because it, I imagine it's not easy, especially when you go up against someone like Odie of all people, who has like one of the best chase games in the series. And you're like, let me not fuck this up because he's a really good chaser. I mean, like, dude, his car is his car's fast too. So I was like, I'd imagine so. I was just, I don't know. Like, I I did a great follow. Like, I followed first, and I had a great solid follow run on him. And I was like, and then I don't know why I just didn't go out there and just drive, but I just was so focused on like outrunning him through that little power alley section that I just overdid it. And I was just like, wow, why did I? Why would I ever do that? I, I would. I used to like, you know, never be like that. But so it was just kind of like, you know mindset going into pro one and like i just you know gotta act like it was any other series or competition not like over over analyze things and just go out there and drive and have fun because when i when i go out there and i drive and i'm having fun driving and i'm having a great time yeah that's usually when i try my best like even in qualifying like yeah i would do my first run super nervous and like it didn't turn out very good and then i'm like you know what we got some points on the board we're in the show let's just go out and just do a fun run and that usually is also like i just doubled my score and like it's like holy crap you know, but usually when you're doing well awful. you're also having a good time because no, you're exactly. doing well so it goes hand in hand. yeah it does and then like my dumb ass my had an alternator go out on me so it fucked up my whole day and i was doing it was like the best i've ever driven on the course and then all of a sudden i have an alternator go out and everything goes to shit dude for the that's rest of the, the season. worst so like like even going through pro am and pro two and stuff like that like mm-hmm. I, my I feel like my car a lot would break and like I it, dude it's so frustrating because like it, it's one thing if you took your if you take yourself out that, like for me that's like you know I, I can't be mad about that you know I I took my own self out you know I learned I did this but when when you when you get taken out because of your car it's just like dude that's that that hurts man it that, does that sucks and then I remember I was trying to like find an alternator and. The closest alternator to me, and it was Friday afternoon, so I knew it was it was like 25 miles, but Los Angeles traffic is shit on a Friday afternoon. It was going to be like three and a half hours before I made a round trip to get there and back. Oh, yeah. That was bad. It's a, we just, I ended up just calling it a day. I was like, nope, we're good. But, you know, I wanted to ask you because so there's, so, there's like this huge window from Pro-Am to Pro-2. And I don't think it's like talked enough about. And I wanted to know, like, what was what, you know? Obviously, I don't know how Evergreen runs. I, I've never been up there. So, but what's the biggest difference? Like, what were you not prepared for, other than maybe not having like a decent setup for pit or something like that? Yeah, the the jump the jump is quite drastic. You know, you you know it is, but you don't really like take it into you actually go do it and you're like yeah. you know you, I, don't, I feel like you can't really get ready for that until you actually do it and realize you know how big the jump is but um like a, a lot of big things were 
pretty much like I I wouldn't I would never recommend doing it unless your car you know you you've at least did a season in your car and you know what's what needs to, what you have spare parts for you know what what's the weak link in your car and so forth because you know you go out there you're going all the way from like for me like first rounds Florida so I live in Seattle so that's literally clear across the country and so you like go all the way out there and then have something catastrophic happen or break and not be prepared for that it's just like it hurts especially when you plan on leaving the car on the east coast for the next round it's just like at that point you know like what do you do and you're probably spending you know almost all your money to make it happen but like as far as pit you know i, I never i haven't really had like ever like a really big like pit setup you know we've every 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 round and every season you know we we start learning what more tools we need out on the hot grid and things like that and and so forth because as time goes on you know you realize stuff that you start breaking or you might need to keep checking on or replacing and things like that but the biggest thing is that like i, I would say is like you know reliability with, with your car like a lot of the guys you know they do pro-am they do great in pro-am they win the championship or at least first second third in the championship and then they build a whole new car in the winter and then they you know they do a couple of days of testing if, if that and then they go like oh let's go and they travel bomb. Yeah, and they let's go travel yep. a thousand miles away and then go do Pro 2. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's a like you could sure you could set it up to be pretty much feel like the same as your car, if not like, you know, better. But the truth is, you know, you don't have that much seat time in that car, let alone like it's all new parts. It's a lot of times, you know, you're going from a T56 or, you know, a factory transmission to a dog box and all these other things. And like that, you know, puts more strain on other parts that you never really, you know, encountered before. And it's just like, I've definitely recommend you know having a reliable setup and like truly testing it because i know everyone I, I see it all the time even i did it and they, i was like man this thing's gonna be you know i thought it was reliable whatnot but truth is you know especially where the biggest thing too is like i live in seattle so we don't it doesn't really get that hot here and like some of the rounds you're going to it's over 100 degrees so like i was burning That's out a completely alter- different atmosphere for yeah you guys. so i was burning and like humidity i was burning out like alternators and stuff just because the heat were like I would have never thought my alternator would just go out, but yeah, factory alternator, you know, the heat and all the stress I'm putting on it and driving. And it's just like, you start breaking things you would never think you're going to start breaking. So it's like, I don't know. Especially so. an alternator. When I, when mine blew, I was like, this thing is fucking hardly ever on. Why is it breaking? <laughs> yeah, I was so right. mad. And, and too, especially if you're not running like a voltage gauge, you won't know till like it's too late. Also, your car's like shutting off. You're not making much power. You're like, what's it, going on? I, ha- I I do run a voltage gauge. I think I run like an oil te- oil pressure temp gauge, a water temp gauge, and a, a freaking voltage gauge. And that's it. And I was like, I knew immediately because normally it's always at like 14 volts plus. And I was like, huh, why do we only have 12? And I hit the throttle to see if it would move. I was yeah. Like, nope. And and a big thing too is like you know having having your good buddies and crew and everybody, like for me like I've pretty much had the same team since pro am so like, nice yeah we we know the car and as we upgrade the car or change things you know, we're all learning together and you know we know what's what what needs to be done it's like, you know that that's the biggest thing I I was uh, in an E forty six last year. And uh, I ended up breaking it at Irwindale, but I'm not an E46. I'm not a. I'm not into anything as far as uh, imports go. So I bought a Cadillac CTSV that already has a cage in it. Oh yeah, I saw that. I, um, you bought that from uh, in Portland, right? Uh, no, not Portland. It's from it's from a dude who worked at Portland Speed Industries. 
Um, his name is uh, Kyle Stryker. He yeah. originally built that car. Nice. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that at a park a few times. Yeah, that's that's where he was at. And then what sucks is, uh, I think it was about right after I finished my E46, he's like, hey, that car's for sale now. And I was like, I just finished this stupid thing. I was like, no one's going to buy it. Because my cage, <laughs> my cage was uh-huh. built like for me, and it was my B-pillar. I mean, the main hoop was a little too far forward to even adjust the seat since I'm a shorter driver. Uh-huh. So I was like, no one's going to buy this. I'm stuck in it. And then he still had it after I wrecked my car, and he's like, I still got that chassis if you want it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. There's, I, there's actually a – yeah, then um, like Hole, Hole ran a CTS this uh, the season, and I, I, I know of one he of the – He ran the ATS. Oh, yeah, it was ATS. That's right. Yeah. But I think uh, I know of somebody running a – I don't know if he's going ATS, but I'm pretty sure he's going CTS for next year. I don't know if he's announced it yet, so I'm not going to say any names, but there's another Cadillac coming into Pro 1. Oh, another – okay, season. sweet. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. nice. No, and uh, like when – when this dude decided to get out of the chassis, like not even six months later, he already started parting the car out. Um, someone decided to make an angle kit for it. Someone, you know, there started to be more support as far as uh, adjustability on like the rear suspension and stuff like that. And now like even the dude that made that angle kit, now he's starting to make, uh, he just did like some lot of knuckles. Now he's making, he's working on making lower control arms and stuff. So now it has a support that the guy was needed, you know, three years ago. So I scored on that chassis. I got a a caged car, FD spec caged car for fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, dude, that, yeah, that's a great deal. Yeah, and then and, uh, and I love how you know it's a newer chassis too. It's something different. Yeah, and... that's exactly what I wanted because I had one before and I wrecked it. That's actually how um, I ended up building my BMW because I pulled the motor out of my uh, my first CTSV. So 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 what motor are you gonna run in it? It's an LS six. Oh, nice. With a million fucking miles on it. And uh, actually, when I hit Irwindale, I hit the wall so hard that it actually the um, shock tower pushed over the valve cover and knocked off and bent the first uh, valve on that side. Oh wow! So that was a hard. That, yeah, I saw the pictures and stuff. That's a hard hit. It 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 was. It didn't feel as bad. I didn't realize how. You know, with the I've hit walls before, and with the cage and like being in an actual harness, like I got out, I was a little dizzy for a second, but it went away hey, uh, immediately. I keep losing you. You keep breaking up on my end. Hello? Yep. Perfect. Is it better now? Uh, uh, so far, so good. Sweet. Sorry about that. It's all good. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, I should have probably told you that I could see you the whole time. <laughs> it's so awkwardly, like, talking to the mic, I guess. No, no, no. It's, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know how this. This is my second time, so I don't know how this thing works. So, can you still hear me, though? Yeah, it, it hasn't cut out once, so I think you're All good right. now. Sweet. And I forgot we were talking about a stupid car. <laughs> I remember. Oh, my stupid pile of shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Motor. And- so, yeah, it's got like, I think I pulled my car, my motor out, like at 162,000 miles. Uh-huh. And then I ran it for, what, almost two years in my BMW. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then it still... Still kicking, so yeah, dude. Those engines are great. Like that LK4, I boosted it. It was all stock, and it lasted over almost four years. Yeah, I heard those things are. No, so, yeah, Chevy GM they make some good engines. I was considering doing an iron block setup, but uh, I don't know if I want to spend the money and actually go and rebuild a whole another motor. Yeah, at it's the a, moment. 
that was the hard part too because I put so much money into my SR and building an SR, I could have totally just swapped platforms, you know, and I had something that could actually potentially make a lot of power for and reliable for a lot cheaper. Yeah. But so I, so I feel like, you know, like, um, like if I could go back to is, uh, instead of like putting three, thirty three thirty two hundred bucks to build an SR or more, like I would have just, I should have just, you know, swapped platforms over to like, you know, an LS or a 2J where I could, you know, run it stock to make the same amount of power and then slowly build that up to make, you know, twice as much power. Yeah. And have it be reliable. Because once you got the platform, you know, then you could, you know, start building onto it. But once you, if you put all this thousand of dollars into like an SR and then, and then down the road, you're going to want to change, you know, if you're trying to make a lot of power, it's just like, you just put all that money into it then it blew up and it's just like, kind of just went down the drain. Yeah, you, you know, start, start from scratch pretty much. But I heard like, once you start going like at a thousand, either you're going to blow the hell out of it or you're going to have to, oh, put dude, I can imagine ever going to super thousand. big money in it. And not, not that I ever yeah. have a plan on going to a thousand. I think that's kind of ridiculous. But even like on the like the rotating assemblies like that, like those things, I think it's like five hundred bucks for rods and like what maybe a thousand bucks for a crank. Yeah, maybe like, give or take a few hundred bucks. And then you got all those billet engines and things like that. But like for like those even like nice. with my car, I uh like I don't think I would ever want or need to go over like eight fifty. I don't think. I don't see any reason to. I feel like 850 would be like. That's a solid number. Yeah, more than enough. Because like I'm hoping at least for like around 800 next season, and you know get some more power. But uh, yeah, I could I could imagine you know throwing like or Dean Kearney throwing like 1400 on the Dyna or whatever it was. Because why like, not? Yeah, that's that's insane. But look, he had he had a bunch of issues this year with his engine and so I know that sucked. That was like... and like. And that's like a big thing too. Look at Chris Forsberg. Like they, they change engine setups like I was talking about, you know, like you change new setups, you know, you don't really get to test it that much. And look what look what happens. You you know, you're 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 doing this whole season, spending all this money and half the time you know your car's broken, you're having electrical issues, you're blowing stuff up, it's just like just money down the drain, you know, it's like it's so much so much stress as it is, let yeah. alone even having if, that on top of it. Even with the I don't know how much money those guys get, but even with like receiving money from sponsors um, like I can imagine, like that that blows a huge portion out of their budget when, like, you know, oh, huge. When like, you have to just buy a stupid head gasket. And no, replace. exactly. Like, imagine instead of like rebuilding an engine almost every other round, imagine where that money could have gone elsewhere to, you know, benefit your program or help out or so forth. So it's kind of yeah, it's yeah, definitely not cheap. Being reliable is definitely you know important. You like Osbo and like everybody. There's so many these, these guys are blowing engines left and right. All the events that you don't even hear about. Yeah. Like they're pushing, you know, they're pushing it all the way to its limits and stuff. And like, the, yeah, I feel like if you got something, you know, you, it's proven, you know, why, why, why switch it up and change it, you know, why chase something different? Yeah, that's, that's another thing I thought of. Like when um, Tanner Faust came back in what was it, 2015, and he brought the. Uh, Passat? Is that what you're talking the about? The Passat with the LS. Yeah, dude, like, what was what is that thing? That guy. Yeah, like, that was my first drift event ever. Oh, was it? Yeah, uh, nice. at Long Beach, and uh, I remember I saw it and I was like, "Huh, okay, there's the LS in it, cool." And then I saw JB Weld like on the um, there was a leak on the water water pump somewhere. Uh huh. And I was like, "Oh, the pro guys use JB Weld too." 
Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, no that's. You know? <laughs> I J welded my whole radiator together last year. Worked flawlessly all year. Yeah, dude. It's it's literally no different. Like, yeah, I, I've uh, like I've seen bungee zip ties, bungee cords, all these things. You'd be like, what is that? Like, you, like there's there's so there's some things like I I don't even want to mention. Like there's there's been this, I've seen some people used to do some sketchy it's, stuff. It's like, questionable, never, right? Like dude, it's like mm. <laughs> the sketchiest thing I probably ever done was like in pro am with my SR. My um. Uh, my, my, my gasket blew between the turbo and the manifold. It's mm-hmm. kind of a common SR problem, I guess, when you know the bolts start rattling loose and you just blow that gasket out. Yeah. Well, I, I tried to do a, I um, I, I pretty much secured it with vice uh, vice grips. So I, I like tried vice gripping it closed and like and ran like the Evergreen five eights with like my no hood on the car with like vice grips holding the manifold to the turbo is just like that's fucking nuts and it didn't come <laughs> off huh no it didn't come off it was of course good. that's awesome but it didn't really work very well but it got you there oh yeah i've, I've jb welded a bunch of stuff and like yeah. all sorts of different things so the scariest time of me ever drifting like so during pro-am mm-hmm. one of the years with the twin turbo v8 car it was like round one. Um, I just got the car all back together, and like the clutch wasn't working. So like, uh, oh, this is, a, this is a great story. I forgot about the rest of the part. So so, it was like an hour before like driver's meeting, and I'm like, crap. So we loaded the car up, and then we put it on like eight jack stands and strapped it to the trailer in my enclosed trailer. And my buddy was taking the transmission out as I was driving like 30 minutes to the track down the highway. That's <laughs> like, fucking dude, sketchy. He's in. The, he's literally in the trailer pulling the transmission out. We got like eight jacks. There Alone, huh? Yeah. It's well. He, somebody else was in there on the phone with us. You know. Just oh, okay. He, but, just in uh, case he died. Yeah. Or yeah. Something, you know, <laughs> some, something's going wrong or whatever. Or it's yeah. Too sketchy. But like, and we had it like strapped with tons of tie straps, so the car wasn't going anywhere. But, but we ended up um taken out i forgot i think something something broke it was it was a t56 and it was uh it was like Shitty probably, something was a throw out throw out bearing or something with uh with that internal slave but uh so we put it back together and i had no clutch um the power steering pump blew and i did the five eights at evergreen with no clutch and no power steering dude so i literally started the car in third Maxed out third down the straight, hit the big bank in Seattle, and like the car was just barely sideways, and it was just trying to understeer, dude. I had, I had literally, I couldn't, even, no, no, uh, power steering in the, the, the with a LS like that or LQ, dude. It's you can't turn that wheel; it's so freaking stiff. So I'm literally just controlling the car with throttle with mm-hmm. the rear end, and if it straightened out, I would have hit that wall so hard. But luckily, it didn't straighten out. I came around, you know, I tried let off the car transition. I got back into it. Come around the last turn, dude. I, uh, I end up like. I transitioned and like I, I, I just floored it because I knew I was gonna I was coming in too hot I was gonna hit that wall the back end just smashed into the wall at the last little turn but it didn't straighten me out or messed up my line and I I finished I got a super shitty qualifying score but I qualified and like if it wasn't for that I would have never even got to that championship that year but uh but dude it was it was like afterwards dude I was in like in tears it was so scary going like 82 miles per hour with no power steering or clutch and initiating on that turn like that was that was probably That's the nuts. Craziest, that was probably the craziest stupidest thing I've ever done and uh, like like I there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't even tried that but like dude I was just like you know we're here it's like we can't afford to lose this and like I just went and did it dude and it was it was scary dude my emotions were all over the place after that run and after that after that run I just we just called it quits we didn't even try to compete like it was uh, we just You're wanted just to like hey we, you we just to needed to qualify the top eight. point 
Yeah, yeah, we just needed the qualifying points, you know, just to even like. And you still got a championship the, that round that year. Um, I think that was that was the year I think I got second overall, but, and, but yeah, dude, even like if, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even got it anywhere near that because what qualifying is like, at least like I think it's like what forty something fifty points, so that's that's a that's quite a bit of points just to even qualify. So, but dude, that was that was probably like one of the emotional like runs ever, and like, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. That was that was definitely sketchiest thing i've ever done hands yeah, down that's definitely nuts and from someone who uh drifted on an on-ramp to on-ramp <laughs> yeah dude it's it, it, it was bad it was really bad it was stupid it was this was a few years back i don't i don't even think i would even try that now I, I don't know what i was thinking damn that's crazy that's that's really funny and then uh let's see where is it what uh what tires did you run during pro-am um so pro am like beginning of pro am dude so back to the sr like i forgot i mentioned that part you know how i said a basic setup i had no steering knuckles mm-hmm. well i was actually running se wheels like the stock factory 15 inch wheels and and so i was getting like junkyard like they were like 185 195 like 65 15s like these big balloon tires dude and that's what i was running in pro am for like the at least at least the first few events nice <laughs> and like, hey, they uh, worked yeah they, they, they got the car around the track at least but uh but so like during like when i was running the twin turbo v8 and being competitive and stuff like that i was running 265 35 18s and they were uh triangles so i don't know if you've ever heard the brand triangle but i, I the, ran one set ever okay yeah dude they were i i loved them dude they were like uh they were consistent, like from from beginning to end. They never lost, they never lost traction. No matter how hot, they which, never chunked up. Which one was it that you ran? Because I ran, I only ran one, and it it was kind of, I don't know what it was called. I'd have to. Look yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what it was called either. This is, but this I remember it was like their sport one though. That's all I remember. It wasn't yeah, like their I, regular. I don't know. I just know track. their numbers are like, like. Yeah, their model numbers are like a bunch of numbers. I'd have to ask my buddy Eddie. He's uh he's sponsored by them actually now in Pro Am. He's been running them and distributing them oh, nice. now. But I used to have to go to Canada and get them. Oh from, damn! Yeah, from a friend that had a shop that would uh was a dealer for them because I had nowhere else to buy them and they were they were cheap, dude. I was paying like um, I want to say I was getting them for like sixty five bucks a tire, sixty bucks a tire, and dude, they were they were great, you know. That's they were what cheap. I've been getting they're, Achilles for. Five and like you know, so it's they're yeah. I had no complaints of running those, but at the time I never tried Achilles or any of those other things. Mm-hmm. So like I even like the ATR Sport twos, dude. Those that's a great that's a great tire. That's what I ran. Like, I love that tire. Yeah, and it, that, even that tire is super grippy. Like I don't know what Achilles does, but dude, especially the one two threes, like they're insane. Yeah, I, I think like, I, I ran those things like like eighteen pounds in the back, and they're yeah, they dude, were nuts. You use all my horsepower, like dude. I, I've I've tr- I've tr- I've troubles at FD keeping my car sideways with how much grip is in that in that car, so. And you guys aren't allowed to run the ATR Sport 2s, huh? You have to run. Oh the... no, we can. Oh, yeah, you we can. can. Yeah, that's approved. But uh, I know Dean Kearney has been. He 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 prefers that over the one two threes. Everyone else is running one two threes. But uh, I think. But the problem is with the ATR twos with the Keeleys, they have it at one size. And I think it's like a two seventy five maybe. Okay. Uh, but but they actually ran out this year. Uh, but Dean Kearney was the one that was was like the, was the only one using those. Oh, good I prefer to know. Using yeah, I prefer using the one two threes. I because I was running the ATR Sport. He, he thinks they're yeah, he thinks they're a lot grip. He he likes them a lot better. He thinks they're a lot more grippy than one two threes. But huh, that's oh, that's good. good. No, I'm gonna, I have I've never tried the one two threes. Um, uh-huh. I ran them on my 
not I didn't run the one two threes. I ran the ATR Sport twos on my car in the front and back for the last two rounds of my thing of my series. And then um at the the first time I ran them I had no understeering problems. And then the second time I ran them at the last round, that's when I understeered into the wall. But I don't think it was from the tires. Because yes. I was driving just as hard. I was I was actually driving harder before than I was this round, the last round when I wrecked. Well, even when I was at Irwindale, this, I've always, dude, since I've been in drifting for so long, I've always watched Irwindale. You know, I've, I've been there a few times. Like, I've never driven there. This is my actually first time driving there. I'm so glad I got to drive there and they didn't shut it down because that's, I was, I was a track I've always looked up to and always wanted to drive and it looked so yeah. fun. But uh, even, like, like you're saying, even I, ha- I understeered a few times that on that bank at Irwindale, like probably on in the bank, uh, probably like, elite, like halfway to like, three quarters of the way through my car would like understeer a little bit there. So yeah, there's Bye. a, there's a line that goes up like three quarters of the way through. Uh-huh. There's a line. It goes from the bottom to the top and that's where actually I wrecked. Okay. Uh, but I was understeering the whole way. Like there's a video of it. And, uh, I was, what, what size tire was, were you running in the front or the rear? Yeah. In the front, uh, two thirty-five forty eighteen. 40, 18. Oh, okay. On that's a nine a and a half tire. inch wheel. Yeah. I remember when I had my uh my twin turbo V8, I was running like a 225. It was pretty small, and mm. dude, I started understeering bad all the time at, at the five eights at Evergreen. Oh really? Yeah, I, I jumped up to a, I jumped up to a 245, and that that totally just got and, rid of that. And issue. I was running like a, a what a negative four and a half inch camber in the front. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was enough, and it never had an issue before until that day. And I think because there was like there's like this piece of aluminum that I have from somebody else's suspension, and it was wedged up in my suspension in the rear. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it was just riding there right next to my axle. And I was thinking Ooh. that maybe I broke an axle, and maybe that's why I wadded up, because the car, the car wouldn't uh, break loose. But I didn't yeah, know that, how tra- to that track was it. pretty grippy. Even like those Pro 2 guys I saw were struggling to keep it sideways around the bank. Yeah. A lot yeah. had a lot of power. I think, I think I always had an issue at the end of the bank. Like, for some reason, my car would always straighten out right before you... Uh, you would transition, uh-huh. and it would always straighten out. No, well, I feel it. like um, like when I followed Vaughn, I straightened up right there. Like uh, and dude, I had I, I was I was completely floored. I didn't have as much angle, you know, to try to keep up. But like, dude, the the front end just kind of washed out on me. And like, I tried kicking it out. It took me like a second to try to kick it out. But you, I, I definitely you I battled definitely Vaughn that day, from. right? What's that? You battled Vaughn that day, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it always awesome. feel better when you battle someone and then they go on to win the event? Yeah, I guess at that point you're like, yo, well, at least he, at least he at went least all the he way. Won. Yeah, at least he went all the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Now. It's not like, oh, I lost to that dingus who made a big ass mistake. Yeah, and then like, like totally took himself out next, next, next uh, bracket. You know? Yeah, exactly. That, uh, that yo, must Vaughn, feel a little dude, bit better. Vaughn had a rough season. I'm glad he won that event because you know he, he, like he, he even said that was the worst. This year was his worst season he's ever had. Yeah, that's nuts. And he, then he, and he's been fucking, doing it since day one. I know, and then he killed it at that round. Yeah, but that's so. also like his, you know, that's from my understanding, that's like his fucking track. Yeah, he's you always know. he's always had good showing there. And yeah, whatnot. he's always had good success there. And dude, Osborne, on the other hand, man, he he lo- like he lost the championship. I feel like the same exact way he did with the uh, with the uh, Forsberg that one year and oh, died, last you know? year. Like Irwin Dale, dude. Yeah, yeah he, he goes all the way to the end. It's like, oh, if Osmo goes all the way, he'll win. Like it's like the, I feel like it's like oh, the third time so that's happened. Fucking and then, then he loses. Like he lost the sight though that one. At year, this point, dude. he's got to be like, fuck this place, <laughs> dude. Right? Yeah. 
He's like, I hate oh. this place. Cause uh, I don't remember how I don't. I went to twenty to the twenty uh, fifteen Irwindale. I just don't remember how he finished at twenty fifteen Irwindale. I I don't know if that was the year he was battling Chris for the championship. That's the year he then. won. I know. I remember that. Oh okay. Yeah, because yeah, twenty. Sure Shit, I think I'm wrong. No, it was. Chose- 2050, uh, Field could have won that. I remember Field was Field has always done good at that track, too. Yeah, I think he won in 2016. Yeah, he won in 2016. Because he won Texas the 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 round before window. I remember uh-huh. that. And then 2017, he came out with um, Falcon. Okay. From what I remember, I think. I try to so, follow it as close as I can. So where in California do you live? Uh, I currently I live just uh, what like twenty miles east of downtown LA, but is that like Pasadena or what's... No, that's actually where I'm trying to move to right now. Oh okay. Um, but I'm from actually Los Angeles, which it's a little town called Eagle Rock. If you've ever seen Days of Thunder, that's uh-uh. where he's from. Oh, that's funny. He's from Eagle Rock. Uh, that's... Yeah, I'll... I was born in Lancaster in the Mojave Desert. But oh, I nice. moved up to Washington when I was two, so I pretty my, much lived in my Seattle. My uncle owned a house in uh, Rosemont for a long time. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosemont's a cool... Yeah, right. yeah Willow's right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Like, instead of going uh, left, you would go right, and it was, like, just across the train tracks. He just oh, sold awesome. it this year, actually. Okay. Yeah, and um, so I've actually been going to Willow Springs ever since I was a kid. We would He had, uh, like, quads and stuff and go-kart, like, off-road go-karts. Dude, we that would, track is awesome we would ride the back road like the the dirt tracks all the way to willow sometimes dude willow's so cool like you could just go there pay like i think it was like 120 bucks or maybe like less than that Not to just do test and tune for the day you know you drive all day long it's like i was talking to rathena last time and she was telling me it was fucking 40 bucks before yeah it could be it depends where you go i can see the balcony is like 40 bucks no it's uh it's like 100 bucks excuse me it's like 100 bucks now and then um Give or take, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but for I understand, there's like a yearly thing you pay yeah, for. Yeah, there's a yearly, yeah, there's a yearly membership. And once you have the membership, then it's like it's pretty cheap. And then every time you go, it's like a hundred bucks. But yeah, for the us, membership was only like sixty or eighty bucks. I feel like. Yeah, and then for for me, it's like you know, I drive a truck with a you know a gas guzzling V8 in it, and then to pull a trailer up that hill, you know, that's a tank of gas there and back, which is roughly with our fuel costs is about what, eighty bucks. Yeah, it'd be cheaper to like tires. Irwindale, I guess. Huh? Yeah, if Irwindale's available. What we do yeah. have here is we have um, Adams Motorsport Park, and that's a little um, go-kart track that's they do drift events every other Saturday. Oh, that sounds cool. Where's yeah, that yeah. at? Uh, in Riverside. Huh. It's actually a really fun track, and I've only ever been, well, I've only gone there a handful of times, but I only linked that track once, and it was the first track I ever linked completely. Yeah. I had no idea that you guys had a track you could drift there. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. It's cool. Like uh, I, I'm actually uh I'm actually coming to California on Wednesday. Oh, and I'll nice. be there till the 19th. You know what? You, they have it every two weeks. I think they're actually having something on um the 14th. Hang on, let me look real quick. They have a uh, on their uh, Facebook page. Uh huh. They kind of have like their whole schedule set up. And they'll even post about it pretty much weekly. Like, hey, we're having this event, this event. Um, let me see. Nope. Because they, ha- they do like... Uh, yeah, because my car is actually in Vista right now. Carlsbad, Vista area. Oh, I know where that's so at. So 9K, 9K Racing. It's uh, it's like on the way to San Diego. It's like... Uh, no, I know where it's at. I know exactly Escondido. where it's at. Okay, yeah. So 
So 9K Racing's uh, running the off-season build there, and they actually landed a TV show on the Velocity Network, their Discovery Channel. Oh, nice. It's, it's going to be called 9K Racing. So we're actually ha- I'm actually having my own episode on there with like the car, the team, their shop. So they have nine episodes they're doing, but one of them is going to be like solely based on like our program. Nice. So have, so so I'll be doing that filming for the next like two weeks or so. Have you before, seen before uh, Fastest Car on Netflix? No, I haven't. I heard about it, though. Okay, so the dude hit me up, like, a week after I crashed my car. Oh, really? Yeah, he just randomly DM'd me, and he goes, hey, I like your car. You know, it's a blah, blah, blah. It's a race car, but it looks like a base model E46. And I was like, yeah. I was like... Oh, wait, fastest car. Isn't that the one that they do, like, like cars versus, like, Lamborghinis or yeah, cars? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like, would you be interested in being on the show? I was like, well, I'd love to, but... um. I don't know if you looked more into that story, but that car is gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, that didn't that didn't fall through. I can't. Oh, see that that been really cool. Coulda woulda, but unfortunately, you know, I can't see their damn events. Hang on, let me see if they got anything coming up. Um, yeah. No, no, that's time attack. Drift night, December eighth. Oh, nice. Uh, Saturday, that's a, and it's, that's a Saturday. Yeah. It's oh yeah, it is right. I, and it's usually from it's like three hours. I, let me see what time they start this. And, and what's that? What's that place called? It's called Adams Motorsport Park. Um, it is in Riverside. And you can look them up on Facebook. They, that's where they have all their stuff. And then Adams. Have, yeah, it. they have Instagram too. And then uh, this one, what does it say? Dude, that track looks really fun. It is. It's okay. So it looks large. That thing is fucking tiny when you get there. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. The thing's like It's all soup. like second gear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe third, depending on how you're geared. Yeah. I remember I was like on a, like basically the same trans you're on and uh-huh. like a 346 diff. So it was super long. So I would just stay in second gear. But I know some people do hit it in third. Okay. But you don't do the whole track. I don't know if you're looking at it, if you can see it. Um, you can see where all the darker marks are at. That's where... That's where you're allowed to uh, drift at. But it's definitely is, a fun track. Is it getting a lot of people there? Is it pretty busy? Uh, depends on the night. Some, sometimes it'll get busier than others. I've gone there and like had to wait like 20 minutes every time I before I got a run in. Oh, okay. And then I've gone there and it's been like every four minutes. So it just kind of depends, especially especially when it gets colder over here because you know we're from California and. Uh, no one can. Yeah, on their, on their website, they're, they're showing like a standard course and an optional course. The optional course is quote unquote you have to try out for, from my understanding. Uh, At least that's how they kind of tell you. Um, that's that's like that's like their nice part of the track. They <laughs> way to go off the track. And destroy no, it's it, just, it's not. Even, it's just I don't know if you're looking at it. Um, so basically, like there's this straightaway, and then it goes to like a hairpin turn. Uh huh. It's either. You have to try out for the hairpin before you um, before you can do it at their drift night. But if not, they make you take the big the uh, the sweeper. Okay. But it, you'd have to see it once you get. I'm really bad at. Looks like a fun track to tandem on. It is. It is. Have you ever been to Grange? No, I've seen videos though. That's probably the most fun track. But you're gonna break something, so just bring something with you. I don't know what okay. you're going to break, but you're going to break something. I've broken two wheels there. Oh, really? Oh, because, like, the rumble strips are dropping or? It's just a dirt drop. Like, so, at nothing. Park, at that go- the go-kart track in Portland. Uh-huh. So, dude, you if you go to that track, bring spare tie rods because 
the like the uh, rumble strip dip offs are uh-huh. like gigantic and dude once you dip off like you'll ruin like your tension rod bucket the the buckets like you'll break tie rods like that that, that track's notorious for breaking tie rods and tension rods and all uh. sorts of stuff or oil pans if, if you go too crazy yeah depending on how low you are yeah actually yeah. actually this track i was originally running the ctsv oil pan on my bmw and it sat like an inch lower than the cross member Oh, scary. Yeah. The first day I ever drove it, I fucking broke the, the oil pan. Oh, that's not I remember, good. and I went around well, in uh, line. At least you realized and didn't blow the engine up or something. I didn't realize it. The I went I went back in line, waited in, for 10 minutes in line, and then some one of the uh, the track guys were like, hey, you got a whole bunch of oil under your car. And I was like, shit. So I thought it was like, for some reason, I thought it was trans fluid, which is yeah. basically gear oil. And then I loaded it on the trailer, not thinking about it. And then I looked while I'm while I'm revving the shit out of it to get on the trailer. There's no oil pressure. So, oh wow! Yeah. So and I still drove a whole well, season. Uh, but yeah, at least you caught it. Yeah, barely. Yeah, but I, I, pulled, the engine, right? I pulled so many chunks of fucking metal out of that motor. I don't even care anymore. It hasn't blown yet. But that track's definitely something to go to if your car's running or if you even get a shitbox car to borrow. Uh-huh. That car that track is super fun. I'm excited. I'm, I'll try to make it out to there. I think that's their winter event too. I think that's their last event of the year. I'm not 100% sure though cuz I didn't say that. Oh, event. they don't do they don't do winter stuff. They do. It just be their last event of 2018. So I know that, at least from what I remember, I think like their first event last year was in February. They just didn't, they were shut down for the remainder of December and then um, January. And then their first event was February, if I remember correctly. Because I think I went to it to uh, test my car. Yeah, other than that, and uh, Irwindale, is there anywhere else? Well, there's Willow. There's a few places the grange like i had brought up and then i haven't personally been to button willow and i haven't really seen anybody drift there so i don't know if that's even a track you can drift at okay i know that i think i might have seen somebody do it before but it did because uh, I, I drove a horse thief mile at willow right after owendale and dude it was so fun it was my first time there and that like the elevation change was awesome it was a pretty fast track too you know, I heard I've never I've never driven it. I drove um the balcony at Willow. That was the first round of just drift and I did terrible. There's actually a video of me going flying off into the mountain. Oh jeez. And I almost uh ran over David Carey. Oh. Yeah, it's it's definitely not my not the best <laughs> moment in my quote unquote drifting career. But it's what happened. Uh, using David as a clipping point. Uh he wasn't happy with it, he was kinda pissed. Don't blame him. But let's get to uh, some questions that we have on Instagram. We have uh, Macho Man Randy Sanchez asking, would you recommend someone doing a cheap sim setup and have more time or more money for track time or doing a baller sim setup and less money for track time? So honestly, like with my simulator, I had a Logitech G25, which is like super outdated now. Now they have the G27 out, and now I think they even have the G29. So that's probably like the route I would recommend going. Cause you don't need to go full on crazy. Like, uh, 
I think the G29 is probably the same rate like the G25 was going for, where it's like around $250 mm-hmm. or maybe, but I think I looked into it the other day and it doesn't come with a pedal anymore. So I think you're probably spending around like 300 maybe 350 on it. But you'll get the, you know, the shifter, the pedals, the wheel, does a full 900 degree rotation and so forth. And uh, I, I, so I recommend, especially starting off, especially you don't think you're going to do that much time on it or you're not going to go crazy and do like a full on like VR insane, super sane build. You'll get, you know, the same driving, same level, you know, of realism. So I would definitely probably recommend, you know, going like a Logitech G29 or so forth. And yeah. And then say, saving uh, over a thousand bucks than you, you would on like a insane setup from like Fanatec or Thrustmaster or something like that. And you'll still just have the same amount of fun with, you know, the extra cash and whatnot. Because you also, you know, you got to build the computer to handle it too. Exactly. Especially with these new games, you know, they, the graphics are pretty good. So you're going to have to build, you know, at least a moderate gaming computer, like a 1060 or something, which will cost you probably around 600 bucks or so. You lost me on the game. So you can play, part. you know, on high <laughs> settings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... It's funny because when you said like that costs like three hundred bucks, let's say you have a decent PC, like it costs more depending on what you have to drive. It can cost more than three hundred dollars just for one track day. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, people don't take into account like I have to get there. That's gas. You gotta you know waste gas while you're there. Tires. Yeah, fuel. You pollen, have yeah break stuff. It's like nine out of ten know. of you don't have a uh, fire extinguisher in your car. That's something you have to have. I think like the most basic tech we have here is like fire extinguisher, battery covers cabled, battery tied down. Some people don't and even have the damn battery. Yeah, and <laughs> seatbelts. Like, uh, yeah. Helmet, I guess. And yeah, a lot of these tracks will let you go like Grange and Adams will let you go with a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, it's the same here. As long as, long as it's like DOT approved. Yeah, 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 as long as you're you're like you're not gonna split your head open, they're okay with Which it. Which sucked too, because like so a lot of like. Like, I have a helmet my buddy Jesus got me. He was in the military, and he was stationed in Japan. Dude, it has, like, all these, like, cool stickers on there, you know, from, like, Ebisu and stuff like that. And But, like, my track won't let me use it because it's not DOT approved because it's all, like, has, like, a Japanese, like, DOT, you know, rating on there and so forth. So it's, like, darn it. So I can't, like, really use it, but it looks cool. And, it looks cool, though. Yeah. Right? I have it, uh, I have it on, like, display, I guess. We have we'll a showcase. Uh... We have Dylan Martin asking, and his 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 IG handle is D one L L zero N underscore underscore. Uh, tips for teens wanting to get a drift sim. Yeah, so like like what Same I did, you know, I uh, yeah, so you know, as long as you have a computer, you know, you don't need anything crazy, especially with like you, you can play, you know, the older games. Like nowadays, you buy computers, and any older game would like run good, even on like an inner created like graphics card that comes with the processor but like uh honestly you know like i said get get buy use like logitech g27 on craigslist probably you probably find them from around a hundred dollars to two hundred dollars and you have the shifter the the wheel and and the uh pedals everything that's pretty much what i learned on and it was great and uh what i did is i had like a uh, i went to like um goodwill and i got a like a joystick for like a flight simulator Mm-hmm. and I put that next to me and I, I used a rubber band to keep it forward and I set that up as my e-brake so like when I pull it back the axis would like be the e-brake for in the game and when I let go it was like almost like a hydraulics thing where like you know the rubber band would just slam it back forward so so that's like what I did with the e-brake and it was like 15 bucks you know oh, and it was, it was, 
yeah, dude. So I had an e-brake, you know, and everything. And it's, you know, you could do it for like 200 bucks, like, and it'd be a pretty legit setup. But like I said, you know, you just got to make sure your computer could handle some of these games. But like, you don't need to get a set of Corsa and like have it on max settings or do VR or anything like that. You know, go on there and have fun and set it up. You know, you could always get the first speed too. Like, I feel like that is still like one of the most realistic ones out there, even though it's older and. And yeah, so I probably best know bet, you know, fucking video games. So I have no idea. Yeah, what so, talking to. yeah, so probably best bet, you know, someone else might. <laughs> the Logitech, you know, just Logitech G27 or something, you know, last generation, and off Craigslist, somebody's not using it anymore for a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks, and yeah, that's get, more. That's more than enough. Can. And that's yeah. that's what you do when it comes to fucking drifting too. Like people oh, exactly. think like, oh, I need to have a Wi-Fi. See if anybody's selling one. You never. Oh yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. I, because a lot of people are selling for pretty cheap, too. Mm-hmm. After, you know. And it's usually, like, half price. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I remember there was a... There was, I didn't have money at the time, but there was some dude who was, like, trying to get rid of a shell with Wisefab on it. And he wanted, like, 1500 bucks for the shell. And I was like, damn, I got no money. And then <laughs> I was like, how much you want for the Wisefab? He's like, 800 bucks, And I was like, I don't even have that. <laughs> so yeah, Half the price of the shell. Exactly. And I was like, that's fair. And then, uh, so we got... Kyokolo underscore chemo asks, what's a good starter car for Oh, that's terrible verbiage. I'm gonna read it exactly how it sounds so you get it <laughs> okay. out. What's a good starter car for cheap to start drifting? Okay, so good starter car for cheap to start drifting. Yeah, that's, that's great. A, um I, I I'd say, you know, like you can't really go uh well it's hard nowadays because drift tax and everything else and you can't just like do what I did, where you go find a stock 240 sitting in some person's house that they don't use anymore and offer them a couple hundred bucks for it. So it's like BMW. Like yeah. So like, honestly, honestly, you're right. Like I feel like beam. I I haven't driven one really. My I have some buddies that are into BMWs, but honestly, I feel like you could get your probably the most bang for your buck getting like a BMW, like welding the diff, and uh, honestly, a lot of them make more power than a 240 would. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and just hold find the diff up and get it for cheap and find one that's broken that's been crashed. And, and dude, that's what they do in Europe. You're, in Europe, it's like that, that is the 240 over there, and it's not like there's not parts. You know, there's a shit I feel like there's parts. yeah, I feel like there's as many parts for a BMW as there's a 240, and I feel like you could definitely the tax get into hasn't that really came cheap. yet, but it's coming. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely. I originally wanted to build an E36, and I had bought one for some asshole for like 900 bucks. And it wasn't running. It was missing all the brakes. And then I found out like a month later when I decided to, I didn't know anything about drifting at the time or just BMW chassis in general. Uh-huh. A month later, I was looking online and I was seeing them go for like 300 bucks. No, right? Dude, I, I was I, like, I what the hell? Blown motor. <laughs> I was like, I'll take it. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like BMW is definitely probably one of the cheapest options at this time, at this point in time to get started. And Or like Paco said, so you, could do a, you could do a Thunderbird. A little 94 <laughs> Thunderbird. It's got it's, yeah, I don't it's know. got independent rear suspension that. and a Ford 8.8 in it. You know, you can't go wrong. Yeah, it, those are fucking sketchy. That's a long <laughs> wheelbase, though. Not that yeah, I should which, be talking. Well, honestly, long wheelbase I feel like be easier, especially starting off too. Like I've I've tried drifting some friends Miatas and stuff, and dude, they're hard. Dude, like, 
with like a stock Miata, dude. That's your wheelbase. Like it's it's very like not forgiving. I know. I'm waiting for. Uh... Once you like uh, start to over rotate just a little bit, you're spitting out for sure, especially like in the rain and stuff. Yeah, I'm waiting for Kyle Mohan to bring out that RX-8 and kind of. Oh yeah, right. I think he's That's... gonna make some noise next year. Dude, I I love that Miata though. That thing was insane. Do you... I'm. I, think... I sat in it. He let me sit in it. And I was like, dude, it was. I couldn't imagine driving that. It's it like a little go kart. Even the cockpit, the cockpit in there is like insane. It's like yeah, it's he's like, scary. Just sitting in it's scary. He's like a super. He's like he's a veteran when it comes to this. So oh yeah, and big then time. he got put in that damn car. And he, he's been drifting longer than I had like driver's license. I feel yeah. like yeah, exactly. And then uh, what is it? Oh, same guy as last time. Kiyokolo underscore Kimo. Is a set of Corsa realistic to actual drifting? That's that's better phrased. Um, right. I, I I would say yeah, if you set it up right, I feel like you could definitely set it up wrong to oh, the point where it's not. I think, um, like it's hard. Like I feel like I still feel like lift for speed's the best, really? as far as like yeah, realism goes. But instead, of course, it's pretty like it's close. So, you know, like I feel like it's not like super super like oh realistic where you know it's gonna feel just like how you would if you got in a normal car and started drifting whereas lift for speed i feel like with like the, the xrt in there because lift for speed you can't really get real cars and stuff like that like you can in a set of corsa but like as far as like the physics go i feel like it's uh i feel like it's a lot more realistic and like i said to me it's less forgiving so like once you like get it down in that game i feel like once you go move it into like a real life platform it's just like you're like one you're a step of the rest of the field, you know, like, I feel like you, you got that extra experience where if somebody just jumped in the car, you know, for the first time that they wouldn't have, you know, the experience like you would and so forth. But like, I said, of course, it's still pretty realistic, you know, you still, it still feels like, like a drifting where, you know, is it the physics alone, you know, you have to counter steer, you know, e-brake clutch, everything else is the same. But like, as far as like, scale from real life to that i feel like lift for speed still kind of a little higher than that I, I feel like more arcadey when i play like a set of corsa than i would like lift for speed hmm. it's kind of like but it's it's fun though you know you got the real real life cars in there you could do anything like on my car I've, i have my car in there they use it in like bdc the virtual drift championship and stuff like that but as far as like realism goes i still think a set of courses is the best for what i personally have tried Huh. okay I, have you done Forza and all that fun stuff? Uh, I've never done Forza the wheel, but I've, 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 I've gone on Forza quite a few times with buddies and stuff and with a controller and went on there and had fun and tandemed and things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Well, I think we're all out of qu- Did anybody, like, message you questions? Uh, let's see. We got, like, I, I was actually looking on the same thing you were reading him as you were reading him. Yeah, I was I was trying to read as best as I can. I can only read English. So, as close to English anybody can get, I'll read it. Yeah, Kyoko Kimo actually messaged me, but he didn't ask me any questions and stuff. So. Yeah, I don't got any questions on my end. And as a as a professional driver now, is it kind of hard to deal with like some certain fans who are kind of like like they just want to have a conversation? And they're like, "Hey, what's up, bro?" And you're like, "What do you want?" No, like I, I get people ask me questions all, quite often, you know, and like, like 
I don't get annoyed or anything, you know, like I, I was, I was them. I was, I was asking people questions and getting the sport too. And like, you know, I want to see the sport grow and help everybody out. And likewise, and that's, what's cool about drifting too. Like, especially even in like pro one, like there's been a few times where like I broke an axle, I broke something and I didn't have a spare and I go ask around and the team gives it to me, even though we're competing against each other, you know, they're, we still help each other out and with parts, radiators, like I've had a fan go out, Kyle Mohan loaned me a, uh, one of his Mishimoto fans he had extra of, and oh, nice. I've, lent, I've lent my tools and parts to other people. So it's like, and I feel like it's it's been like that ever since even like grassroots all the way up to Pro-Am, Pro-2, like, which is awesome because like, I feel like any other motorsport, especially like NASCAR or anything else, like you, you can't go ask the person next to you, your rival, the person you're competing against for a spare spare part or spare anything, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's you it's kind of cool how like everyone's, you know, all friendly. And I know, and I, I don't know if that's just motorsports in general, but I, I only have experience with drifting. But like um, when I crashed my car, uh, one of the guys came up, another team came up to me and they're uh, a well-known team in drifting in prime right now. And uh, they're like, hey, do you have an injector that we can borrow? I was like, I got some stock LSA injectors. So I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. For, I don't know what kind of power you're pushing. He's like, it'll work. And then, um, so I hit him up and like, he hadn't sent me back, sent me my injector back yet. Cause they're out of town from LA. And, uh, he's like, Hey, I, uh, bench flowed your injector. It's no good. And, uh, he's like, it doesn't even replace, but I cleaned it out for you. He's like, you want to send me your other ones and I'll clean them out for you as a, he's like, as a return of the favor for letting me borrow yours. And I was like, yeah, they're on their way. So <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's kind of nice. Like it's, I I had no intentions of cleaning those fucking things. I was gonna rebuild uh-huh. my whole motor and just fucking. Oh like, really? Yeah, zero <laughs> intentions of doing that. Yeah, so that's kind of like uh, like that aspect. It's it's awesome, and even like like you said with the fan interaction, even at FD and stuff too. Like, what other race or motorsport you go to? You know, you meet you can meet everybody. You walk around the pits. It's like between like a top three, two, top sixteen. You know, we're all out there. Yeah, without meeting, having to pay to people some, and some stupid amount to do that. No, exactly. Like even going to monster truck shows, you got to pay for that. No, oh, yeah, the fan interaction's been great. And FD's actually, like, stepping up their game, I feel like, and doing a lot of stuff to, like, help the sport and, like, and give it a better experience for the fans. Like, because uh, at Irwindale, dude, that that uh that drone footage was awesome. Dude, that was nuts. Like, I, I loved that. Like, that was, they should have done that so long ago. Like, that was the coolest thing ever. I heard that it guy came out, like, so 21 good. years old or Yeah, something. dude, the, the footage came out so good every yeah. time, too. Like, it was perfect. Yeah, that was crazy. And, and it, it gave a whole different perspective and angle on everything, too, and, like... Like, I think that's really cool. Like, more things like that, you know, to help, like, the sport grow, like, where it's funner and more interactive for the fans and stuff. Too. Yeah, so the fans helps. can kind of, like, generate their own opinion. Like, oh, I feel this person when, like, even though the whole time that Vaughn and and um, Osbo were doing their, uh, their one, one more, more time, so, like, <laughs> I, I felt, it, I personally, I thought it didn't need one. Yeah. And then, you know, they show you the drone footage, and I was like, all right, well, I can see why it was a questionable call. Yeah. But then it kind of it did the same thing again in the second one, and then the third one they're like, okay, we'll give this guy. Yeah, but it was it helps too because the judges sometimes you know they can't see the whole track or anything too. And yeah, exactly, and like they they have to make a cars. split decision on yeah. just some video they're watching. Like they don't so even being, get... so being able to see you know more more of the track and different perspectives definitely helps them with their calls and yeah, definitely. So, and well. you haven't had any issues like that with with judging, have you? Like anything that was like concerning as far as questionable, or you just kind of like no, the, the, the only. The only the only the only issues that I had was uh, against Forsberg at uh, in St. Louis. Like I feel like there's no way that was like uh, 
for sure Cole and Fours were getting the win. But other than that, like uh, everything else has been straightforward. You know what I mean? But I, I like I talked to them about that. And they said it's because uh, I had like less angle than he did, mm. or so forth. But there there was corrections, you know, like on his end and things like that. But other other than that, like I feel like everything else has been, you know, was a good season and straightforward and so forth. Gotcha. And you've never had like like let's say you call a questionable call and that and like first I don't know how people take it personally. Like the driver take it personal as opposed to you calling out. Not necessarily calling out the judge, the judges, but questioning them. Like, does a driver ever be like, "Why would you question that?" They said I won. Have you ever had like that type of issue? You don't have to say any names or anything, but I was just curious. No, 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 not at all. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, but like, um, and the thing too, like, uh, like a big thing too is like, you know, like we we did lose, and you know, like I thought I should have like went one more time, and honestly, like the crowd actually booed and flipped up the judges in person at St. Louis on that battle. But like nice. a lot of times too, like even like a so you might get some Von Gant Jr. Like uh, I like at the end, you know, I knew we lost. I straightened up on that bank. But like when I got back to the pits, and like my my, my crew guy, my main guy, like uh, Greg, you know, he came up to me. He's like, "Oh, did we win?" Because you know we're battling for Rookie of the Year. And I was like, I was like, no. But I was like, we put on one hell of a show. And I like, you know, we fist bumped. He's like, awesome. He's like, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, and like, he... I was stoked. Like, you know, we we lost, but I, dude, I was stoked. You know, we put on a great battle. It was a good run, and and so forth. So I'm glad you brought brought him up, uh, Greg Leone, right? Yeah. So uh, I noticed he's he's very big in drifting. I didn't I didn't realize, no or no, still don't kind of know who he is. Um, but he's like a pretty big guy in the car industry, from my understanding. Well, yeah, right? definitely the car industry. I want to say as as much as like in like in like drifting, but mostly no, like but the I'm car just industry saying, in southern LA. Yeah, like he was a uh, like I don't know if you've seen it back in the day, but like MTV stuff, like a true true life. So they like true life. I'm a heroin addict. True life. I'm a street like, racer. All that. Yeah. So he I was. I fucking he was the, remember. Yeah, okay, that's was, where I remember the, him from. He was the he was the main guy in True Life. I'm a street racer. Oh, so, all right. So yeah, he was a little punk kid. He did a little goatee, like yeah. We follow each other on Instagram, tech, uh, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, and he had like a little appearance in Fast and the Furious, and his car was in it too, and stuff like that. Which and, car was his? Uh, he had a CRX that was like all-wheel drive, like a turbo B20 or something. I think it was blue and white with stripes on it. All-wheel drive, huh? Oh, I yeah. see it now. Huh. Damn, that's nuts. Hey, that's crazy. He's came a long way from... Well, no, I think it was pretty much where he wanted to be in 2001, huh? Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah, with the Honda. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, and he knows everybody in the industry, too. You know, I've met a lot of connections through him and stuff, and like... like because everybody that's running like the industry now, you know, all, with all, like Reddy and all these big companies and everything else in Southern California, like the, they were all back in the day street racing with him and, and stuff. So you know, they all know each other. You know, it's like kind of the older generation and that's stuff crazy like that. how all that started from fucking yeah. street racing. Yeah, no, right. That's nuts. I used to be big back in the day. I know. I rem- I remember when Fast and the Furious came out. And I was it was the shit. As far as I was concerned, I remember when Tokyo Drift came out. I had a little '91 uh, Accord. That I used to pull the handbrake around corners until I pulled the handbrake and I hit a fucking fire hydrant. Yeah, dude. Like me too. Like especially when I was like watching like um when Fast Furious first came out. I forgot how I was like I was even old enough to have a license. Yeah, I was pretty young, and um I remember just like uh, going online and like putting out cars and picking out body kits for it and wheels and like and I was like I was like three years before I got my license. Probably I was like thirteen or something. I'm all like. Looking at all the stuff I wanted to buy when I turned sixteen and got a car and stuff like that it was funny. I remember when I turned sixteen. I remember looking at like 
eclipse like a blitz body kit and like stupid stuff like that. Did you, did you ever used to think like oh i'm gonna make this much money as soon as i can get a job like here you were you were allowed to be 16 with a job and uh-huh. be like i'm gonna make this much money i'm gonna have this much money on the paycheck you didn't not consider anything you had to pay for like food you know, oh like, dude no, no, i'm gonna no, save no, this right? much up and i'm gonna have this by this time no you, you didn't you no know, you get didn't the world experience so you got, <laughs> he's almost done high school i blew that whole check whole on world. bullshit like yeah not a single part i wanted either yeah i remember that all right man well thank you for coming on the show man yeah of course um, i really appreciate it and then uh oh. Well, hopefully we can link up in California or something. Definitely, man. You got my you got something. my info. Uh, I ain't doing shit. I'm actually in the process of trying to move right now, so I can get my car out of my dad's garage into my own garage. Oh, nice. So that's what we're yeah. dealing with right now. But I still need to go to his house to use his welder, so it'll probably stay there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but more room for you. I know, right? All right. Again, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, maybe sometime in the future, we try to focus on pro am. So maybe next time we'll get we'll dig a little deeper into the pro am stuff. But you have a good night, sir. Thank All right, you very you much. Too. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Have a good night. Bye bye. Bye bye.